Uh, Kelly, you didn't get the memo. It's Plaid Sunday. Uh, the guys did. The guys got Plaid Sunday. Uh, anyways, it's, it's just so good to be worshiping alongside of you. I am just so grateful for our worship team, for the staff that's behind me and all the work that they put in, and Lee and Wanda, all the work that they put in to getting these Sundays up and rolling and ready to go. Uh, God is so good to us, my friends. God is so very good. I just am consistently encouraged by hearing all that God is doing in and through our body. We are being used all across Indiana, and I am just so blessed to be your pastor, to be here with you uh, in this format. And we can't worship together in person, but it is a blessing that we have technology to worship alongside one another, albeit very differently. As you know, we've been walking into our new series called Doctrine. This is week three, and we are discussing doctrine, living what we believe. It's not just simply talking about what we believe. It's not just simply knowing what we believe. It is living what we believe. We saw in week one, Jesus saves. Last week, we saw that Jesus sanctifies. And this Sunday, we are going to see that Jesus heals. And I hope, my prayer is, that you have experienced the passion and the joy of doctrine, living what we believe, where it's not something that's drab or boring, or you don't feel like you're sitting in a lecture hall wondering when it's going to be over. But I hope that the Holy Spirit has just been grasping your heart as we walk through this series together. Today, we're going to be talking about the healing hands of Jesus. I'm going to pray, and then I want to share a story with you of a friend of mine who received the healing that Jesus gives. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross so that by your wounds we can be made whole. Holy Spirit of the living God, I pray that you will fall fresh upon us. I pray right now in this moment that you will be ever-present, that we will feel the manifest presence of God in our homes, that every device in every room where this is being played, that your presence will fall upon us so that we can feel you with us, so that we can know that you are speaking to us. I pray, God, that we will approach this time not as a time to learn something new, but as a time to become someone new, for your word is living, breathing, active, and transformative. Use me now as your tool to your people to speak your words in your name. Amen. Amen. At uh, our church plant at the University of Pittsburgh, we had a healing service Sunday. And we experienced all kinds of different stories of healing that day. But there was one student who uh, was, was not yet sure that they wanted to jump into the waters of salvation. Didn't, wasn't really sure about this whole situation. And her name was Becky. Eventually she came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And she had a moment where God healed her as well. Directly after her time of salvation, God did an, a miraculous work in her life. And so at this point right now, I'm going to read her story, and then we will come back to where we are talking about Jesus healing. These are her words. Something happened to me this weekend that solidified the love that God has for me. I'm not going to lie. 
It scared me and overwhelmed me. And I'm struggling with accepting the love he is showing me. Only my mom and pastor knew about it. But I feel confident that God wants me to share it with all of you. On Wednesday at the hospital, I saw the tear in my calf muscle. The technician saw the tear. There was a very large tear. I have been in immense pain for almost a month. I was told I would more than likely need surgery to hold the muscle together while it continues to heal. I accepted that. Fine. Whatever. On Friday, I read the Bible for the first time in my life. I took notes. I wrote how the words made me feel. It was very intimate for me. I felt calmer about a lot of things, missing my friend's wedding and my Graham's great birthday. I went to bed with a full heart and soul and a calm mind. I prayed that my leg would heal like I had for the past month. And I went to bed. I woke up in the morning and took a few steps and stopped dead in my tracks. I looked down and started crying. My leg is fine. The bruising is almost gone. The swelling is completely gone and the pain is no more. It's gone. 100% gone. I took my dog for a walk today. I even skipped a little. Nope, no pain. God did this. There is no other explanation. This is a miracle. The crazy thing about her story is that she had just come to faith in Jesus Christ. She had discovered not very long before this moment in her life that Jesus is her Savior. And shortly after, he shows up as her healer. He was showing her what a restored heart, what a restored life looks like. Because when we look at the scriptures and we see what salvation does, we know that it saves us for eternal life with him where we will be officially, finally, 100% restored. Because we need to understand that healing is a foretaste of our full restoration. Here, she was seeing a foretaste of her full restoration. Healing is that. When Jesus heals, he is showing us a foretaste of the restoration of what heaven will be like. Because there will be no tears, there will be no sickness, there will be no sadness in heaven. Everything will be restored. Your body will be restored. Your soul, your spirit, your mind, everything will be completely restored. Healing is a foretaste of our full restoration. And Becky was able to see shortly after salvation the view of how healing gives her the display of what the full restoration, a little picture of what that full restoration would be. Now, as we approach this issue of healing, I know that many people are skeptical when it comes to this idea of Jesus healing. Many of, this, many of those people who have issues is because there's been much abuse with this. We've seen televangelists. It's funny that we're all televangelists now, by the way. Uh, but we see televangelists who would utilize healing as a manipulative tool to make more money in their pockets. They would set things up where people would come up and be miraculously healed. And we've seen this abuse. We've heard of this abuse. And so then it has become just this thing that we just doubt that we push away, that we're skeptical of. Because why doesn't it happen all the time? If God is a healer, if Jesus heals, why aren't we seeing healings left and right, left and right? Well, we're going to talk about that today. 
We're going to see how Jesus is our healer. We are going to see how you and I can approach God, how we can receive the healing that he has for us. Because healing is in the nature of God. If you look at Exodus 15, 26, he says that I am God, your healer. Healing is in the very nature of God. Healing is not something that we can push away and say it's not for today. The scripture does not give us that opportunity. Many who fear the gift of healing or who fear healing in general have a faulty worldview. They have a a, a lack of theological power. They have a poor theology of power. They have a poor theology of healing in general and they lack encouragement from the church perspective which what they've come from. But the scriptures do not give us an opportunity to say that God does not heal today because he says, I am the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow, and forever. He was a healer then, he is a healer now. Jesus heals. Healing is in the nature of God. The reason and the purpose why Jesus came was for healing. John Mark Comer says, Jesus' agenda is to make wounded people whole. Jesus' agenda is to make wounded people whole. And I don't know about you, but I've been wounded, and I need the wholeness and the restoration that God has for me. Jesus is a healer. In the CMA, this is a core doctrinal theological belief that we hold to. Our founder, A.B. Simpson, remember, he talked about the fourfold gospel, Christ our Savior, Christ our Sanctifier, Christ our Healer, and Christ our Coming King. This issue of Christ as our healer was such a passionate portion of A.B. Simpson's life, and he saw God heal miraculously several times in his own life, and many times watched Jesus heal those around him. Jesus is a healer. We come from that place seeing that Jesus is a healer. We believe in healing today. We should expect healing for today. So I'm going to read Matthew 8, 1 through 4, and we're going to ask the question, how can we experience the healing Jesus offers? How can we experience the healing that Jesus offers? And my prayer and my request is that you throw away all your preconceived notions about healing right now. Just let them go because I believe that God is going to speak something differently to your life. That God is going to show up in power in a way that maybe you've never experienced him to show up before. Because my friends, Jesus is a healer. Jesus heals. Let's read Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Matthew 8, 1 through 4, the word of the Lord. When he, that's Jesus, came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Wow, it's a very short passage, but it's packed with the answers to the question of how we can experience the healing that Jesus offers Jesus is a healer. This is not just one isolated incident. We see, even in Matthew chapter 8, he does a lot of healing. Healing happened in his ministry. And he told his disciples, what I have done, you will do even more. And so if Jesus' ministry was a healing ministry, then the ministry of the church today should be a ministry of healing as well. So how do we experience 
the healing that Jesus offers for us. The first thing that we can see is in the example of the leper. And here's the first thing that you and I can see in order to experience the healing that Jesus offers. And that's to understand that coming to Jesus is the first step of faith for healing. Coming to Jesus is the first step of faith for, he- for healing. Faith and healing are deeply linked. We see in this passage a leper. Now we don't know much about him except that he was a leper. And if you were to study leprosy and what, it, what happened to lepers when they became leprous, you would notice that our social distancing problem is nothing compared to a leper's social distancing problem. When leprosy was found to be in their body, they would be told, you need to leave your house, leave your family, leave your mother, go into this colony where you as lepers are all here together and you have to suffer together. You cannot come in and touch other people. You have to stay very far distanced away from other people if you are going to enter a crowd. You cannot touch other people. So at the moment this leper found out that he was leprous, he had to leave and go into a separate commune and never experience physical touch again. That was his lot. That was where he was going to be for the rest of his life. But when he sees Jesus, he comes in boldness. He comes in faith. He comes before Jesus and says, if you will, you can heal me. His faith drew him to Jesus. Now faith, like I said, faith and healing are deeply intertwined. This could be a very difficult understanding, and many people have abused the idea of faith and healing all over the place. And that's another reason why we're afraid to approach the reality that Jesus heals. But the first step of faith is coming to Jesus, recognizing that he is the one who has the power to heal, saying, I am going to come to Jesus. I'm not going to stay away for fear that he might not heal me. I'm just going to go forward and ask if he will heal me. Coming to him is the first step step of faith. But many times we lack the faith to see it through. We might say, okay, cognitively I understand that Jesus can heal, but he's got to heal all these other people. I don't really need to request that. It might not happen. It's really not that big of a deal. If I compare my problems to others, it's really not a big issue. And so we step back and we don't, like the leper, come to Jesus. But if you and I are going to be healed emotionally, Physically, spiritually, the first step of faith is to come to Jesus. This leper's story is one of broken physicality. His body was messed up. But some of us have emotional pain. Some of us have spiritual pain where we've experienced spiritual abuse in our lives, emotional abuse in our lives, physical abuse in our lives, or we are sick, or there's something that's not working the way it should be working. And we're broken and despondent because of this brokenness in our bodies or our emotions or our spiritual connection to God. Let your eyesight on Jesus and see what he has done and what he can do draw you to come and request as this leper did. Coming to Jesus is the first step of faith for healing. Sadly, I believe that believers many times are educated into unbelief. This is one of the reasons why we don't have faith to come. 
This is one of the reasons why we, we don't go in the first step of faith to come to Jesus and ask for healing. We don't see this story and believe it's for today. There are so many wise theologians, some of my favorite theologians who can really unpack the Bible. They look at this verse and say, it's not for today. Their, their big brains can't understand. They have more degrees than Fahrenheit, but their big brains can't understand how God could physically heal someone because they've never seen it, they've never experienced it, and so it just can't happen because if, if I'm so smart and I can't think how it can happen, then God can't do it. Well, my friends, that's putting God in a small, tiny, tiny little box that God is not going to be boxed into. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how many degrees you have, do not fall into unbelief. We can be educated into unbelief where smarter people than us tell us that the healing is not for today. And this is another reason why people don't pursue the gift of healing because they're told it's just not for today. My friends, that, in my opinion, is a lie because the gifts are for today. This gift of healing is for today. The gift of healing that we see Jesus doing in this particular passage is also something that we as believers can be doing for the world through the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus heals. His healing mission did not stop when he died. His healing mission did not stop when he rose again. His healing mission did not stop when he ascended to heaven. His healing mission is still going on and that's one of the reasons why you and I are are here so that we can be used by God to bring healing to a broken world. Jesus' agenda is to make the wounded people whole. Do not give in to unbelief. A.B. Simpson says this, Christ has come to destroy the works of the devil. And his blessed gospel includes the healing of our diseases as truly as the forgiveness of our sins. This is where he gets a little bit punchy. Only a prejudiced and faithless theology could restrict the blessing of his great salvation to mere spiritual blessings and rob a suffering world of the touch of his healing wings. And here he's not just talking about spiritual and emotional healing. He's talking about physical healing, saying that it is part and parcel of the gospel life, that the message of salvation is just as true as the message of healing, and the message of healing is just as true as the message of salvation. And many times we focus on one or the other, and we miss that they go together. Jesus is our Savior, sanctifier, healer, and coming King. These are all part and parcel of who Jesus is, and why he came, and and why he sent you and I into the world. Healing is real. It is for today. And I want to encourage you to believe that, to have that step of faith like the leper where he steps out and says, I'm going to come to Jesus. I'm going to believe that this healing is for today. Now, we're going to say later on that the healing we want isn't always the healing that we're going to get, and I'll explain that. But the point of the matter is that God is still in the healing business today. God is still in the healing business today. Like the song we sang, the scripture is very clear. By his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. And that's not just from this death into life. It's physical, emotional, and spiritual. Come to Jesus for your healing like the leper did. And next, we see we should have our eyes on the healer, not the hurt. 
Matthew 8, 2b, the second part of that verse. In order for you and I to experience the healing Jesus offers, we need to come to Jesus, and then we need to have our eyes on the healer, not our hurt. What do I mean by that? Well, this guy, he comes. Look, look at what happens in verse 2. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. The leper, when he shows up to Jesus, bows down and begins to worship Jesus. He doesn't sit there and say, Jesus, look at I'm leprous. Jesus, look at all the pain. Look at what this has done to my life. I've social distanced for so many years. I haven't touched a single person in 25 years. He doesn't focus on his hurt. He simply comes to the healer, focuses on the healer, and says, if you will. He focuses on the healer. He doesn't focus on the issue at hand. I believe that many times when we come to healing, we lose sight of the healer and focus only on our hurts, only on the issue that we are trying to get him to heal, rather than focusing on the healer. Because guess what? When we come to him for healing, the thing that we are asking for healing for might not be the reason why we needed to come to him for healing in the first place. It might just be a symptom that God is using to draw us into going before him to ask for healing. I remember a time when I was praying over someone, they came forward for healing. They said they had a severe back pain, and, and they came and said, ah, oh, this is just so heavy on my back, I just don't know what's going on. And I prayed, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's not a physical problem, there's something that he's carrying in his life emotionally that is causing that back pain. And so I asked him, I said, is this the reason why you feel this way? Is it, have, have you been holding this burden on your back on your own? And he was going through a painful divorce. And, and it was just, it was awful. His wife had left him and it was just a terrible, terrible time in his life. And he said, yeah, I think I've been carrying this specific burden. So we prayed the burden off. And his back was healed. The back issue drew him to come to Jesus to deal with the real issue that was going on in his heart. But the importance is for us to focus on the healer then. And say, okay, God, I need healing. I don't know what I need to heal from. It might be this pain. It might be this, this brokenness. And it may be. But it, be, it could be something completely different. And many times we come with these ultimatums. I've seen many, many believers come to Jesus and say, you know what? If Jesus, if you don't heal my back pain, then I'm walking away from you. If you don't heal me the way I want to be healed, then I'm walking away from you. These ultimatums that we put because we're putting most of our focus on the hurt and not the healer. But my friends, we need to put our faith and our eyes upon him, upon what he can do. We focus on the issue and we lose sight of the one who heals. We focus on the issue and we lose sight of the one who heals. When we focus on this issue that we have, that we are begging God to heal us from, and we miss him completely. We've missed that relational connection. We've missed the point of why Jesus heals. He heals to bring us closer into relational community with him. He heals us because there's brokenness that needs to be made whole. And the brokenness you think you might have, it might not be the brokenness that you actually have. Thus, the statement, the healing we want, isn't always the healing that we need. 
We need to focus on the healer. We also see some other stories in in Scripture. There's the woman in the book of John who was bleeding, who was desperate for healing. But she doesn't go and, and bow down before Jesus and tell her all of the problems. She focuses on him and says, if I could just get near him, I think things will change. If I could just touch him, I think things will change. I need to go to him. I'm desperate. I need to go to him and him alone. And she goes through the crowd, doesn't care that she's dirty and shouldn't be touching people. And she goes and she touches the hem of his garment and she's immediately healed. But her focus was on Jesus. She was going after Jesus. My friends, we have got to go after Jesus, and we will see that Jesus will bring healing to our lives when we go after him. He should be the focus of our lives. Jesus is the focus of our lives. And some people ask, well, why in the world Are there so many more healing stories happening around in third world countries and they're not happening in America? This is one of the greatest excuses about not praying for healing or not going after the gift of healing that I hear often. Well, why is there so much healing over there and there's not that much healing over here? Well, I can bring it down to one word and that one word I believe is desperation. Americans were not necessarily desperate for God. We have all the other tools and other things that we can find to, to heal our problems. We, we can binge watch Netflix. We can eat ourselves silly. We can fill all those areas in our lives and say, oh, all this pain, I'm just going to pack it on and wait or pack it on and binge watching. Third world countries, they only have one option. And so when they're desperate for God to bring healing to their lives, they go after him with everything they have. That woman who was bleeding and had no other option, no other choice. Everything was blockaded from her. Her desperation was to get to Jesus. Are we that desperate for God? We talked about our desire to go deeper with the Lord, that Jesus is our sanctifier, where we can have more and more and more of God. But that desire for more comes from a desperation for him. Are we desperate? I love the Psalms, how David says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. When a deer is panting for water, it is near death. He's saying, my soul is so desperate for you that if I don't find you, if I don't touch the hem of your garment, I will die. We see Matthew 8, 5 through 13, this passionate desire of a centurion to have Jesus heal his servant. He has such faith that Jesus even records in the book of Matthew how great this man's faith was by celebrating his faith. He was desperate and he knew that Jesus could do it. And Jesus did a long distance healing. If you look at that story, So how do we receive the healing that Jesus has for us? We come to him in faith. We put our eyes on him, the healer, not our hurt. And the next answer to that question is that we can see that humility and expectancy direct us to deeper faith. Humility and expectancy direct us to deeper faith. I love the phrase where this leper comes down, worships Jesus, and says, if you will if you will. In that small moment, what this leper is saying is saying, Jesus, I know that you are a healer. Jesus, I know that you can 
heal my leprosy. But it's not my choice, it's yours. I'm asking if you're willing to heal. He came with humility, not demanding, not saying, God, my faith just demands that you heal me. I have this great strength of faith, or I have this great demand. I'm going to command you and manipulate you to heal me. No, he doesn't come that way at all. He comes and he bows low and he worships God. He worships Jesus in humility and says, if you will. But we can see in that, if you will, there's also expectancy because he expects that Jesus can, in fact, heal. One of the greatest sad things about the American church is that we have lost our expectancy for God to show up. We have lost the expectancy. We do not expect God to show up. We do not expect the Holy Spirit to bring power to our witness. We do not expect God to manifest his presence when we come to worship him, where we can feel his love, where we can feel his power and his presence in our lives. We don't expect that. We just go around and follow the motions and do what we're thinking we're supposed to be doing. But here the leper says, I'm worshiping you, but I also expect that you can do what you say you can do. Are we expecting that Jesus can do what Jesus says he can do, or are we not expectant at all? Because if you and I are going to receive the healing that God has for us, we've got to come with humility, not demanding that he do what we want him to do. Not declaring that I can manipulate you with my faith or my words. No, uh-uh. that's not the way it works. But it's also an expectancy saying, you know what, I know that you can heal. I know that you have the power to do this. This man didn't come with an arrogance or a sense of entitlement, but rather humility. How often do we demand things from God rather than humbly request? When it comes to healing, we've got to be humble and we've got to be expectant. We've got to be hopeful. It's not something that we can force God to do or manipulate him to do. Because healing is not a magic trick. It's an act of love. It's an act of restoration. Now this is where the abuse comes in. Because there is this lie that says, if you speak these words, God will always heal you. If you have so much faith and you walk around with this big giant belly of faith, God will always do everything you tell him to do. Well, that's... That's manipulating God. That's a magic trick. No. God does not bow down to our demands or our wishes. But he desires to heal us. He desires to show up in power in your life. And that's why I say the healing that we want isn't always the healing that we need. We might think we need a specific healing because we have a pain or we have an anxiety or we have an area of brokenness, but God is using that as a symptom to draw us closer to the throne of Christ to be healed, not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually or vice versa. We think we have it all together, but we don't. We don't know what God wants to do in our lives, but we need to come in faith and we need to come in humility and expectancy, knowing that he's going to show up. I'm going to give you a quick story about this. And, and when I heard this story, I, I was kind of shocked at first because uh, why would a father respond this way? But I, I knew a good, strong Christian man whose daughter had fell into an addiction. 
And she just couldn't get free of this addiction, couldn't get free of this addiction. But she would, she would get off of it for a while and go back onto it. And when she finally was in the hospital because of this addiction, there was a, a group from the church that went and prayed with her. And she had just said, yes, I give it all back to the Lord. It was genuine. It wasn't fake. It wasn't false. And then a couple days later, she passes away and died. Now, we, as a church, we were all praying for her healing physically, that God would raise her up and, and, and that she would be completely healed from what, what the addiction had done to her body and that then she would walk in, in the power of the Lord. And the father obviously was sad and depressed and it was wounding him. But I, he, he said this. He said, you know what? The healing I wanted for her wasn't the healing that God gave, but she is dancing in heaven fully restored. And he said, I fully believe that if she would have been healed from that, she would have gone back to the addiction because it was so, such a stronghold in her life. But God took her away so that she couldn't go back to it. And at first I'm thinking, what kind of faith is that? Why would you say something like that? But then the Holy Spirit hit me and said, the healing that we want isn't always the healing that we're going to get. God is going to give us the healing that we need, not the healing that we want. But hear me, Jesus will always heal. Always. It might not be the healing that we want, but it's the healing that we need. Jesus responds then. After we see the response of this leper, we see the response of Jesus. How do we experience the healing that Jesus has for us? The next way that we can see is that Jesus responds with compassion. That we see that Jesus has compassion. Why is this important? Jesus in Matthew 8, 3, he goes and he touches the man. Jesus touched the leper. Now, in the leper colony, remember, these, these men and women are not allowed to touch anyone. This man had probably not experienced physical touch in years, maybe decades. We have no idea the amount of time. But Jesus responded in compassion and touched him. When he was not supposed to touch him, he touched him. In the Old Covenant, the clean touches the unclean, both become unclean. But in the New Covenant, when the clean touches the unclean, both are made whole. I love that. Jesus responds in compassion, and he touches the leper. Before anything else, he touches the man. Imagine how that man felt. He could feel the compassion of Christ. Listen, our brokenness, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, God is deeply aware. Jesus is deeply aware of your pain. He is deeply aware of your brokenness. He is deeply aware of the wounds in your life. He is not unaware. We have a God who sees. We have a God who loves. And He is compassionate towards us. He has compassion for our pain. He has compassion for our wounds. He has compassion for our ailments. He is a compassionate God. And we need to remember that fact. Whether you feel it or not, or believe it or not, Jesus loves you and has compassion for you, all of your physical, emotional, and spiritual hurts. He loves you, and he has compassion for you. That's why Jesus saves, because of his love and his compassion. 
That's why Jesus sanctifies because of his love and of his compassion. And that's why Jesus heals because of his love and his compassion. Imagine, too, in this moment, before this leper is even physically healed, I believe that Jesus, just by touching him, brought emotional healing to him in an instant as well. Because he felt the presence of a loving God who saw him and cared and did not care what he was supposed to do. He broke the rules and he touched the man anyways. That is a powerful response of compassion. The next thing that we can see is that Jesus responds with desire. Jesus says, I will be cleansed. I will. The, the man stooped down in worship and in humility and said, if you will, I know you can heal me. I know you have the power to heal me, but it's, it's up to you. And Jesus said, in this moment, I will be cleansed. And immediately the man was healed. Immediately the man was healed. He responded with desire. Listen, Jesus desires your healing. Jesus desires it. Jesus desires for you to be fully restored, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The Bible is full of that truth. The Bible is full of that reality. We see the brokenness of man in our world, and so we see sickness. We see death. We see all of these areas of human brokenness. But that was not God's intention. We did that. Jesus desires your full restoration. Jesus' agenda, remember, is to see the wounded made whole. God desires for your wholeness. He desires for my wholeness. Sometimes Jesus desires an inner healing and not an outer healing. And we have to let him be God and not try and control him and and demand that he give us what we want. The next thing that we can see is that Jesus responds with power. Look at what it says in verse, in verse 3. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. A powerful moment. He responded in power. Immediately he was healed. Now, I want to I caution us really quickly. Because we can look at a passage like this and say, okay, this is formulaic. Jesus will always heal immediately. Well, that's not true. Because if you look at Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, it was progressive. Sometimes there are immediate healings, and other times there are progressive healings. But the reality is this, is that Jesus desires to heal. Jesus desires to heal you. Are we coming in faith? Are we asking in humility? Are we asking with expectancy? Because Jesus is compassionate and Jesus desires to bring healing to your life. Let me end with these two stories. Because I believe that that you will see the reality of God's healing both instantaneously and progressively. And my hope and my passion and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit has been stirring within you a desire for your own healing. That you will see this moment in time that you could say, you know what? 
I know God can heal me. I'm going to come to Him in faith. But recognizing that I'm going to come in humility, worshiping Him, knowing that He is God and I am not, I'm going to know that He can bring healing, but I'm not going to demand that He heal me the way I want Him to. Because the healing I want might not be the healing I need. But I fully believe that God wants to heal you today. Let me share with you these two stories to bring you hope, to give you an excitement for the possibilities of what God can do. The first one is of an instant healing of a girl named Shakia. And Shakia at Nyack College, she came to college with cerebral palsy. And you can go on Nyack College's website and you can see her testimony. She gives this testimony, but I was there. <laughs> this was awesome. She had cerebral palsy and, and she went forward for prayer and God healed her immediately. He healed her so completely that when she went back to the doctors, they told her what, what had happened to her body, were baffled, had no idea, and they had to report that to uh, the scholarship program that she was a part of because of her disability. She lost her scholarship to college because she was healed completely, instantaneously. And I, I was there to witness this amazing, amazing healing. The next one is a friend of mine as well at Nyack College. And this is progressive. And, and he went up to, to I think it was the, the next healing service at Nyack College, the week or the month after, and he got prayed over. And he, he walked away kind of despondent because he felt like, well, God didn't really heal me the way I, I thought it was going to happen. What, what happened? But then he goes and he, he said he got home and, and he didn't have any feeling from his waist down. He had no feeling. He was total paralysis. He went into the shower and all of a sudden, he had to step back and he screamed because he had felt heat on his feet for the very first time. The water was too hot. He had to step back. He was surprised by the fact that he began to have feeling in his feet. And eventually, more and more of his body became restored and restored and restored. Now, I wish I could tell you the full weight of those stories and just how awesome God is. But those quick little snippets are just a small picture, a small window into the reality that Jesus heals. Jesus wants to heal you today. Jesus wants to heal you today. Let us together, let the compassionate God among us heal our brokenness. There are several here who are watching who desire to pray for healing. Many of you have been asking God to heal you many times over. And you've probably been wondering, why is the healing not coming? Maybe today see that God might have a healing that you need rather than the healing that you want. And when he brings about the healing that you need, maybe he will bring about the healing that you want. Now normally in a service, what we would do is we would ask people to come forward and the elders and folks would, would pray over you with anointing oil. But if you remember, I've asked for you to have your own oil on hand. And that's because right now, I want you to pray for one another. I want you to pray for one another in your homes. Husbands, I want you to anoint your wives with oil and pray over them for healing. Wives, I want you to pray over your husbands, anoint them with oil and pray for their healing. And fathers and mothers, I want you to pray over your children, anoint them with oil and pray for the Lord to heal them. I know this might feel weird, and you might say, well, you know, I, I need to be in the church to have a healing service for the pastor or the elders to pray over me. That's just not true. Jesus did a long-distance healing in, in Matthew 8, where he said, okay, the guy's healed. He's far away. I don't even have to touch him. Jesus wants to do that for you right now. 
And so if you have that oil, please take it out. And whoever wants to go first, go first. Ask for, for the, the prayer to go first. And what you just simply do, it's not formulaic. It's just something that we do to anoint the head with oil. You dip your finger in the oil and you put a cross on their forehead. And you say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And begin to pray for their healing. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Is there something that needs to be healed that's, that they're not asking for? Is God trying to heal something deeper, some, heal something that they need, not something that they want? So I'm going to give you time. And I want you, whoever in your family wants prayer for healing, please pray for them. Please take the time to pray over them. Coming in faith, knowing and expecting that God can and does heal today. That this is a moment in time that God has put together for you and your family to watch Him work and move in power in and through you. And so we're going to play some music. Worship team, if you could come and just play music in the background. And after a couple of minutes, then I'll come back, pray, and then we will uh, close in song. But please, families, I, I've been praying for you all week. I have friends who are praying for you all week. For this moment, for you to really go after the healing that God has for you. Recognizing and remembering that the healing you want isn't always the healing that you need. But trusting and believing fully that He is the healer. So take some time and pray over one another now.